But if you keep going in and out of relationships trying to change people, you might need to go in the bathroom. A good look at yourself. Have a look, good look in the mirror. It might not be them. It might not be them. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Rekindling Relationships with Beck and Vern. As well as podcasting, we run relationship workshops for organisations as well as fun, creative dates to reconnect couples. We live in Bendigo with our blended family of four teenagers and a menagerie of animals. Welcome to our podcast designed to answer all the tricky questions to do with relationships, done in a fun, sometimes a little silly, but hopefully an informative way. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. We're back. We're back. It's been a long time. We actually looked at our, the data when we did our last tricky questions and it was probably, was it mid-March? Early oh, it feels like ages ago. It's ages ago. We've had so much happen in the last few months. So much. So much. It's actually made it impossible to, for us to actually podcast with all the other things going on. I feel like we've had, you know, what's that movie? Four Weddings and a... Funeral, yeah. It feels a bit like that. It's been an emotional roller coaster, hasn't it? It has. We've had two deaths mm. and a wedding. We have. Yep. We lost my dad. We lost our dog. Mm. And we got married. We've had it all happening. <laughs> and all our work's come back and, and some. Yeah, now we've got busy again because yeah. COVID's not like keeping everyone indoors. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been pretty busy. Been really busy, but... It's nice to be back podcasting. It is though. great to be back. For those people who haven't listened before, Beck loves social media. No, I don't. I hate social media. That's I mean, not she true. Likes, I, mean, I meant she likes reading about relationship advice on social yeah, media. Yeah, that, that is true. She coins that, finds that quite funny. It's entertaining. So she's going to give us some of the things she's learned or some of the questions that she might have. Look, I'll start with a funny one because I feel like, you know, life has been a bit, a bit full on. So I'll start with a funny question. All right. Yep. Which I thought you might appreciate this. This makes my skin crawl, but I think you'll appreciate this. This person writes, I have a tickle fetish. Tickling is what turns me on. And I asked my girlfriend if she'd get a bunch of her friends to tie me up to a chair in her room and then tie her up on the bed and tickle her while I watched. I asked if she'd do that and she thought, it sounded fun. So we did it. I went to her house and she tied me up on the chair facing the bed. But when she brought in her friends, they were all guys instead of girls like I wanted. Uh. So then they all tied her to the bed and tickled her. And, what, and he had to just watch it. Yeah. That's so funny. That would be torture for you. That sounds like actual hell. I would hate that. I mean, not wanting to yuck. Turn your <coughs> to, no. Now let's not yuck. No, I'm not yucking yum. their yum. But tickling <laughs> is just horrible. You hate tickling. I hate it. Why do you hate tickling so much? It's because your brothers tickled you. Yeah, it was like their form of torture. Like mm. they'd pin you down, do the typewriter, and tickle me to death until yeah. you almost wet yourself. It's horrible. Hate tickling. Did you ever wet yourself? Almost. Really? Yeah. Hated it, and it was painful too. Like they tickle you really hard and. I actually don't mind horrible. being, I'm not really tickled. No, it still so. makes my blood crawl. Like if I see you ever tickle any of the kids, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, this is horrible. No, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm actually not silly enough to try and tickle you, am I? No, I don't enjoy it. No, no, it's not something which, it's not a fetish of yours. Definitely not. Fetishes are interesting things, aren't they? Because people have, definitely when we say don't, you know, don't yuck other people's yums, yeah. and that's fair enough. If you're into tickling, that's great. Don't do it to Beck. You'll get hurt. 
<laughs> but people have all sorts of interesting things that they're into. They do. Yeah. And Look, I, I give them credit <clears throat> for talking about it. Mm, that's the thing that's for me. That's what I thought. Is actually the fact that someone's gone, oh, look, I've got this thing which, you know, can seem odd. Yeah. Can you do it for me? Probably should have got the criteria really clear. Like, you know, when you want to have... Clear on the what, details. Clear on the details. It's like when we, when, we, when we, you know, when we role play or when mm. we step in and doing something fun with each other, we're pretty clearly communicating about what that thing is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought hats off to them, this yeah. person that raised this subject of what they would like. Yeah, I think that's good because I think a lot of people struggle to have this conversation of trying new things or trying something different. So yeah. I thought that was pretty good. In intimate space, the more you can be really honest in your communication about your needs, mm. saying exactly what you want and maybe why you want them. Mm. And the other person being able to hear that and not be triggered or challenged by it and go, oh, they don't want me because they want this or they don't want... Or I've been doing it all wrong or creating a story about mm. what the other person wants. Because if you feel, if I, you know, voice a want to you and you're so beautifully open to, you know, being in that space with me. So you're like, yeah, let's do that. And then, so we both get to enjoy that together. But you're open to listening to what that is without, and I feel safe in asking as well. Oh, I'm glad you feel like that. It's the well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Mm. If you feel safe to ask another person for your for a sexual need, there's intimacy in that. Mm. What advice do you give to people who struggle to ask for what they would like, or what's you know, if something's stopping them from having this conversation with their partner about some fantasy, or they'd like to try something? What advice would you give them? Because I think there are quite a lot of people out there that would struggle to have this conversation. Mm. Well, maybe it's that being able to maybe start small. Yeah, that's good advice. You know, a game that we play where we're like, oh, I want you to, for mm. a song, you know, I want you to do, do this, this to thing. me and do that mm. to me. That's like a lead into it because it's you asking for what you want, isn't mm. it? True. For those people who don't, have, don't know that game, it's like put on a playlist. You get to tell the other person what you want them to do to you. And the best way, if you play this properly, is that it doesn't become sexual for a good 8, 10, 12 songs. Yeah, it's just really nice, slow lead-in foreplay in a really fun way. Yeah, it's massages and back scratching and kissing and really getting to know each other slowly. Mm. And think about it, if you're in there for you know a good couple of albums, maybe three albums, two or three albums, then you're probably spending the time in an intimate space that you both deserve. Enjoy the other. journey. Yeah, we should be enjoying it together. I like that. Start off small. If And I'm sure there's people listening that are like, oh, I really want to try this thing, but I'm too embarrassed or I'm, how do I ask for that? Or there could be some talk about that might not be acceptable because of my upbringing was very strict religious or something. B, the chatter. I think that's really good advice. Just start off small. Even say to your partner, I really want to have some fun and try a few new things. How do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's the first conversation, isn't it? Mm. You know, this is this is what my wants are. I want to tell you my wants and my mm. needs, but obviously there's some, you know, some worry mm. or you know that you're, that something might happen. Mm. So be able to be really clear. I want to tell you these things, and I want you to be able to hear them mm. and 
feel excited by them to be, mm. go, oh, yeah, this is great. I mean, I love it when you tell me what you want. Mm. Takes the guessing out of it. Takes all the guesswork. I don't, have to, I don't have to try and work out what's happening inside your head or what you want me to do. When you turn around and say, I want you to do that now, I go, awesome. And I know I don't have to do it, mm. but we're very... I think we know each other very well. So there's not a worry that you're going to get me to do anything like out of my comfort, comfort zone. zone. Yeah. And it's a good way. It's a really fun way to keep things really exciting and fun and and enjoy that intimate space a bit more. Yeah. Even I did draw the line when you wanted me to tickle you. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. I'm not yucking this person's yum. No. <laughs> or go for your tickles if you're into that. Like <laughs> somebody wrote... As a comment in the comments, so yeah. did that tickle your pickle? That's cool. <laughs> Is that your favourite comment? Yeah. <laughs> of course it was. All right. What else came up? What other things came up on that? Okay. Let me find you another one. A more serious one. Okay. Is it possible? I can, I can handle serious. <laughs> I can. I'll put my glasses on. Is it possible for friends to become more than friends? I have feelings for one of my best friends because I've realized that she's the most beautiful person in my life. But I don't know how she feels or how she would respond if I told her how I felt. And I'm worried about compromising the friendship. What would you suggest? What would I suggest? I reckon that's one of the hardest things ever. I like this person and do they like me as much or the same? Have then, you been in this situation? Yeah, probably with you actually. Oh, the same. I was going to say you too. Oh, oh that's cute. Oh, you I didn't, beat me I, to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. Go on, you say. Well, I was going to ask you what advice you would give and then I'll relay my, my experience. <laughs> My wealth of experience. Your wealth of knowledge. That's a hard one. Because where do you start? The reality of it is, the sooner you say something, the sooner things can move either way. Like mm. in the unknowing, you might both feel like that. That means you're wasting time. Mm. You could just work it out, get together, move on. Yeah. But if there is nothing, if you ask and then there's nothing, then you don't have to worry about mm. it anymore. You get to choose then what you do next. Were you worried about losing a friendship if you went down that path? Yes. I actually think I remember you saying that. Hmm. Tell me what you were going to say. I agree with you. I believe and I feel that really I don't think you would lose a good friend. I think they might be slightly flattered if they're not interested in, in going down that path. Hmm. I don't think you'd lose them if they're a really good friend. Hmm. They, I think having that upfront conversation is really good because they might like you too. And then they might be holding back because they think that you're not ready for a friend relationship or you only see them as a friend. And so they might actually be thinking the same thing. And I always think, what is that really to lose? Like you could potentially be in an amazing relationship with this person that you've formed a beautiful friendship with, which is a great foundation for a good relationship. Yeah. And if it's not going to go anywhere, then maybe you take stock of that and say, well, actually, what I want out of this relationship now is this. And if I don't get that, then I have to make a yeah, decision. At least you know then because you're kind of hanging on to this too. Because yeah. if they say yes or no, then you you know, yes, great, go for it. If they say no, then you know that that's never not an option and you can look elsewhere. Otherwise, you're kind of hanging on to this hope. Yeah, and it's well. scary probably to want to have to step out of the space where you don't say anything. Mm. But you can stay in that for a long time. Like, do you remember that Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You Go? And he mm. talks about the waiting space and all these people just waiting, waiting for a 
a bus to, to come waiting for. So you're just waiting for something to happen. Mm. And I'm a real believer in just reaching out and just trying to go in and grab it. Time- Did I? I feel like I started the timing conversation. Is, timing though. is everything. <laughs> well, with me, yeah, I think you did. But I was busy. I was, says, I was busy says, at work, mate. I think you should go out and grab it. I actually have a feeling I brought up the conversation. <laughs> Just saying. I think it was me that might have addressed this. Was I, was I sitting in my masculine waiting for you to come to me? <laughs> She'll do all the work. <laughs> no, you were too scared. You did scared. the heavy lifting. I was a bit scared. Because <laughs> I thought you were pretty fabulous. Oh, thank you. And I was like, this is, a, this is a really fabulous person. I don't want to, first of all, I don't know what would happen with this. I don't lose good friendship, but also there was a fear of the commitment. If I stepped in with you, I knew I was going to go deep and I didn't know what that was going to be like. Mm. And now I married you <laughs> in a very short period of time. So I say go for it. <laughs> yes. Have the conversation. Have the conversation, go for it. Because your heart's already in it. Yeah, your heart's already in it, isn't it? Yeah. You know a way to do it. Okay, so I, my daughter was having trouble making a decision and I said to her, I said, get a coin, call one side for heads, one side for tails, Flick it up in the air. And before you catch it, you can catch it, but you don't look at it. You know what you want because you've made a decision. Sometimes it's hard making the decision because you get caught between them. Oh, I don't know what path will either will go. Mm. But I think deep inside you know. So in the flip of the coin, as the thing's heading through the air, you might say, heads, I want to be with this person. Tails, I don't want to be with this person. You flick a coin in the air and you'll know what side you want it to come down on. You know if you want it to come down ahead. You know if you want it to come you down You already tails. know the answer. You know, mm-hmm. already know the answer within yourself. You're just not willing to make the next step because the next step could lead to rejection. Mm. And then if you're rejected from this person, then obviously you'll emotionally die, shrivel up and die. <laughs> your, life, your life will be worthless. You'll lose all your friends. You'll lose all your friends. And that one particular one that you really Dog will run about. away. <laughs> when you go to your coffee place, they won't even write your name on the oh thing. God. This is what's going to happen. All the horrible things that will happen. I went off on a tangent. Obviously, none of those things are going to happen. So Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Go on. Another one? Yeah. I'm a shy person and when it comes to relationships, I hardly talk in person. But when texting, I can talk whatever about anything. My problem is I need help on how to communicate with the person when I am with them because I hardly talk. So I don't want them to get bored which could cause the relationship to end. You'd think that the person who's got into a relationship with them would know that they're not much of a talker anyway. That would probably suit them, wouldn't it? Mm. The two of us probably wouldn't work if one of us wasn't much of a talker. Because we both talk a lot. You especially. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I don't know if I got a word in this in today. <laughs> so we both talk a lot. So this is talking about something the opposite, which is like yeah. someone doesn't talk. Yeah. You know, I don't understand it. They struggle to communicate in person. So it sounds like they're fine chatting on text mm. message. Yeah. But when it comes to being in person, they must have a lot of head chatter. Obviously, the head chatter is that they're going to be boring to that person. Yeah. But then what do, you, what do you do? Like you're actually in it. You have to you either continue on the way you are and then it will eventually end. Well, will it? Or will it just be these two people not talking to each other? <laughs> they can communicate by text. Do people do this? I don't do this. No. But do other people must actually spend a lot more time texting each other. I mean, if you don't live together, then fair enough, you text each other a lot. Mm. You know, that's the norm. But I feel like you need to know how to communicate in person. But also, too, there's obviously a lack of self-confidence there because they say they feel like they would be boring. I think they've already set themselves up 
for thinking that this person's going to get bored with them. What would your advice be to someone like this? Well, sometimes you make yourself interesting to other people, not by talking to them, but by asking them questions. That's what I was going to say. Mm. People love talking about themselves. And so asking questions and being a good listener might even be more important than filling the room with conversation Mm, which could be blah blah be a good listener and be good at asking questions you'll probably be better than being someone that got all this exciting thing to say and just talks without listening and taking an interest i talk a lot (laughs) and just talk beck asks the best questions i've seen beck get random people on the street tell them whole life story like everything. I do like finding out about people. I like asking. You like asking questions about people. Mm. I like telling stories about myself. <laughs> you, you have funny story. You are a good listener though. I listen when I want to. Yeah. But to you, I'm a very good listener because I feel like I'm being listened back to. Like it's very reciprocal. Mm. You know, there's always this communicating back and forth. And I think maybe you feel you're not good at communicating in a relationship mm. is the best place to practice it. Mm. Because you can ask questions and get used yeah. to being in that space with some perfect for that. Yeah. Learning how to how to communicate how better. To communicate better. And the more communicate, the better you communicate, then the better everything is. Everything mm. else works better. Mm. And it might really open you up to another aspect of this person by all of a sudden not texting each other. You know, would you be asking each other these same sort of questions? It's something when you ask someone a question, you look mm. at them and they're talking to you. Mm. There's a, a way to perform a deeper connection. Yeah. I mean, not when you're, if you're looking away from people, you can't mm. really form the same connection. And if you're not a chatty person, like we obviously naturally, that's what we enjoy doing. Yeah. We're quite chatty. I feel it's okay to not have to be talking all the time too. Just be in each other's space. Like that's okay. Some people aren't chatty and that's okay too. But obviously if that's something she wants to work on, then I think asking questions and being a good listener is key. Is key, yeah. So let me read something to you, which I thought was great. I was looking at a couple of posts and thinking, oh, this is interesting. And one was, what was the best relationship advice you've ever received? Mm. So I was like, oh, this is good. I'm mm. this. So someone said, if connection is not your number one priority, disconnection will be. Mm. Sounds like a meme. Profound. Profound, but true. Mm. Yep. Your marriage is not based on feelings. It's built on commitments. There are days when you're really not going to like each other, but you can get through those times based on your commitment. It usually ends up pretty good. <laughs> that sounds like a woman who's in a like in her fifties or sixties. Is like, yeah, she's very real. Someone DC said, "Don't marry him." Thank you, Dad. I didn't. <laughs> good relationship advice. Love yourself first so you can truly love another. I really believe that. I believe the more you love yourself and you learn to love all the bits of yourself and you don't have to love everything about yourself, mm. but it's a work in progress. You're working towards self-love. It's so much easier to love I another person. I feel like person. that's a bit of a throwaway line though. I feel like I've heard that so many times. Like when you say that, I'm like, oh, I've heard this so many times. You know, I've always believed that. I always believe, you know, you've got to work on yourself. But I've realized that in us, I love myself more because I love you more. So being with us actually helps me love myself more because then I realize, you know, you're like an awesome person and you want to hang out with me. So therefore that makes me, by association, an awesome person. (laughs) So I can actually like like myself a lot better, even though I do get annoyed with myself. You know, I I get a bit cranky with myself. We're always harder on ourselves. Yeah, we're always harder on ourselves. But with you, I feel better. So this one person wrote, and I really like it. Her name's Clementine Morrigan, and she wrote this a couple of years ago. A lot of self-help and relationship advice encourage us to be totally emotionally self-sufficient, 
I've read many times in many places that I should remember that I don't need anyone other than myself. The reality is that this simply isn't true. Human beings are social animals that have evolved nervous systems literally built for strong connection. Our sense of connectedness in our relationships is extremely important for our capacity to feel safe in the world. In fact, our connectedness in our relationships is what allows a true independence because we know we have a safe place to come back to and be soothed when we need it. I think there can be a lot of subtle shaming of this healthy interdependence and I think it's important to counter those messages with an assertion that it is absolutely okay to need other people. Yeah. Learning how to be connected in a healthy and regulated way with trustworthy people can be hard work for traumatized people, but I found it to be the most rewarding work of my recovery. Amen, sister. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's true <laughs> too. Because you do hear a lot of liberating... I, be on my own and you know independent and the strength in that and yeah i get that but i also do feel to be emotionally mentally healthy we do need connections yeah that's how we're wired yeah yeah definitely yeah. we're pack animals does it just have to be one person how about a group of friends who you're really close to and take yeah you, it's a connection it's a different connection it's a different connection yeah yeah. But it's a connection that's important nonetheless. Yeah, we all need to have those connections in our life. Yeah. Well, even if you look at the science of people being in an intimate relationship with a partner f yeah. for a long period, they live longer, they're healthier, their immune systems are strong. There's a lot of good health benefits if it's a healthy relationship yeah. that it's all intertwined, isn't it? Your emotional, your mental health affects your physical health and overall health is better for people in relationships. I like that she calls it a healthy interdependence. Mm. So that idea that, you know, when we yeah, when you trust each other and you both feel safe, mm. so there's deep commitment, mm. then you actually have this, op you do, you need each other, but you need each other in a beautiful, loving way. Yeah, that phrase is key, healthy interdependence. Like we're not talking about unhealthy relationships where it can have quite the opposite effect yeah. on your health both mentally, emotionally, physically, mm. we're talking about healthy relationships here. And being able to be in a healthy relationship is like the other thing we've been talking about, which is about that communication and being able to feel safe about asking for what you want and being who you are, mm. like not having someone trying to change you. Mm. That idea that when people get in relationships and then after a couple of years, they, they're like, nah, I'm just going to adjust this person or change this person. This person doesn't suit my needs right now. So I'm going to do something about them. It, it speaks more to us than and to them. that person's not your person. If they're yeah. trying to change you, then they're not your person. Find mm. someone that is, yeah. that you don't need to try and change, yeah. that you love solely for who they are and they love you solely for who you are. But if you keep going in and out of relationships trying to change people, you might need to go in the bathroom. <laughs> good look at yourself. Good look in the mirror. It might not be them. It might not be them. <laughs> What about this one? This is an entertaining one. All right. If you could wave a magic wand and fix something about your relationship, what would you change? About our relationship? Well, it, about how you are in the relationship. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Oh, that's good. I like that. It means taking personal responsibility. And people have been really raw and honest on this. Tell me some of the comments. One's like my anger issues. Oh, yeah, it was okay, very cool. honest. Yeah. Another one was erase the trust issues. Have a better understanding for each other's personalities of both of us. We don't have to be the same. We just have to understand where the other is coming from. Oh, that's so important. Oh, this is a cute one. I'd wave the magic wand to have my partner feel completely safe and comfortable with no worries about us. Actually, you know what's funny? 
that would be the thing I'd want for us. Because oh, I know that trust has always been the hardest thing. Mm. And when we got together, I was still being fluid. Mm. And now that's changed. And like I knew for you being married was that deep commitment. Mm. And that no matter what, you know, buying a house together or blending our children together was an aspect of being committed. Mm. But actually marrying you, that is what you needed mm. to feel safer in this and i knew that i could think about that and go all right how do i feel about that oh yeah i want you i want to keep you in my life marry you so much harder for you to run now (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot more complicated it's a lot more complicated now one last one to finish up on because i think it's another woman posting her name's cecilia hernandez and she wrote the moment you get too comfortable in a relationship that's when everything starts to go downhill never stop telling your girl she's beautiful never stop telling your man he's handsome never stop doing the little things make weekly date nights never stop opening the door never stop surprising them with random gifts or acts of love too many relationships fail now and days if you find one keep them men and women are a diamond dozen but a good one a loyal one an honest one a real one that's rare so when you find your person fall in love with them every day yeah i agree i agree it's rare to tick every single box there and if you've got one like that then yeah they're a rare gem that you should cherish maybe the thing is when we stop cherishing each other is when we start getting stagnant when we start getting bored with each other when we start forgetting what we love about that person we stop cherishing them so we sort of go the other way i think it is a bit human nature to start taking things for granted Mm. it made me think about that tonight as you walked in and you were like oh i love coming inside from the shed to a warm house and my beautiful meal cooked and to you and i remember you know when i lived on my own with the girls, I would come in from the shed and the house would be cold and there'd be no food cooked. <laughs> Make myself something basic. Yeah, and and then it made me think about when I was on my own and there'd be nobody around at night and it'd be a bit quiet and I'd be like, oh, I'll just cook up something, you know, and you don't, you kind of don't enjoy it as much because there's no one to share it with. And mm. it made me appreciate what I've come from to what I am in now and how nice that is and how much I appreciate, you know, you and, your, and the company that you provide mm. and the, you. what we share. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I think that not taking things for granted, um, we this happened for us for last week. Also, when we lost our dog, Ted, Ted and Max, they're cute and they're small mm. and they got out and they ran across the road, just mm. sort of chucked them both about and Ted died, sadly, mm. last week. You were Ted for 10 years, mm. hadn't you? And he had to get put down and little Max is left and he's lost his mate mm. and... You said that, you say, you know, it reminds you not to take things for granted because all of a sudden he was just gone. One mm. minute it was there, one minute it was gone. Yeah. You used to follow you around the garden and you didn't really take too much notice because, you know, he's always there. And then when they're gone, you're like, oh, maybe I should have patted him a bit more or maybe I should have done this a bit more. And even with your dad too, you know, you lost your dad a few months ago. It's all those things you start to think, oh, maybe I should have said this or done this or it's all those things that come up for you, isn't it, that you you realise that maybe we do as human nature just start to take things for granted and then when they're not there you realise how much you appreciate it. How much you miss them now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Maybe we finish off with that to take that into your day Mm. and we, we take that into our day and we hope you take that into your day. It's just a greater appreciation and gratitude for what you do have. And reflect on that. Reflect on what it was like 
when they weren't there or something that you appreciate that they do for you in their day and maybe speak to that. It's a yeah. really nice thing to do too. Yeah, find someone in your life who you actually do love and you want to show your appreciation. Mm. Saying thank you to people is beautiful. Like I always really appreciate it when you thank me for what I'm doing. And Yeah, it's really nice. You, you're very grateful and very appreciative. And yeah, like I said, it's human nature. I think we can quite easily take things for granted, but sometimes it's just taking that moment to reflect and go, oh, actually life is so much better. Or they do something or they're, you know, they're here. I think life is so much better when you look for the good in life. Mm. Because if you look for the bad in life, you look for the things that aren't going right, you'll always find them. And and it does make you realise that things can turn around pretty quickly. Like even Ted, your dad, they were here happy, healthy. And then very soon things turned around very quickly. And that's what can happen in life too. So appreciate what you've got. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate us being able to podcast together. What we're going to start doing is we're going to start doing some interviews with authors and also some book reviews and hopefully give you some books that you can help you in your relationships or if you're not in a relationship, at least help you. So we've got a fun interview coming up. Yep, should be really fun and interesting. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and follow us. And check out our website at rekindlingrelationships.com. Bye for now. See ya.